All right, the book of 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. If you uh, were in the service this past Sunday night, uh, we brought the message from this passage, and I mentioned that we'd be bringing the Bible study uh, from the same passage this evening, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what the Lord has for us tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm, I was concerned a little bit that I wouldn't uh, make it back to all the cancellations uh, with um, all the different airlines. I don't know if you've heard much about that. Uh, but Monday, I got in uh, just in time for church. And uh, if you know me, I mean, we're going to start right at church time. Um, I don't like being late for anything, especially I don't like being late. Uh, to church. It's just not a bad look for the pastor to show when five, show up five minutes late, you know. Uh, but uh, we had a little bit of delay. I took the Healy's with me and they were dragging their feet. And so we ended up, we had a little issue at the hotel and ended up being like five minutes late that Monday night. But I was the second speaker, so that was okay. And then Tuesday morning, preaching Tuesday morning, and it's like, all right, we need to leave a little bit earlier. And uh, I went the wrong way on the expressway. And so we were Five minutes late again, Tuesday morning. And I said, man, I'm late two services in a row. I guess I'm an evangelist now. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's how that works. But, uh, you know, so, but uh, uh, I was not late last night, but we made everything went well today. And so uh, and I'm saying all that to say uh, it's been a busy few days. And so I, I'm not real responsible for what I might say tonight. And so, uh, but I'm looking forward to us being reminded of a few things in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. We're going to look at verse number 16 to begin with, and then we're going to, uh, by way of introduction, reference uh, the beginning of the chapter and even the end of chapter number 4. Um, the next, the verses we're going to read for our text tonight are verses that I've preached from many times, I've taught from many times. Uh, we're going to do so uh, from the, the context as it's laid out uh, in, in the scripture tonight with the looking for Christ's return. And I spoke Sunday night on some responsibilities that the church has, some things that we need to hold to uh, as a church as we wait for Christ's return. I believe Jesus is coming back, don't you? I believe he is going to come back. I believe it's our responsibility to watch and pray. There's some responsibilities we have. But I want us to look, I want us to be reminded of these very, very important things. Uh, verse number 16, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Tonight I want to use these verses, and we'll reference some other verses here in just a moment, and I want to speak on this subject, the believer's checklist to a faithful finish. I want to be faithful to the finish. I trust you do as well. Um, wanting to isn't going to get you there. Sincerely desiring to be faithful to the finish isn't going to get you there. We have got to do what the Bible says to help us remain faithful. How many of you want to be faithful till Christ returns or calls us home? Let me see your hand. Okay. Well, you're either going to you either have that desire of making you lie in church, one or the other. Um, well, do you think God wants you to be faithful to the end? Of course he does. So God is going to give us the tools to be faithful to the end. 
if we're unfaithful, it's not because God has not equipped us. Uh, and so tonight, this is going to help us, I believe. It's a good reminder. Here's just a little checklist. The believer's checklist to a faithful finish. Father, I pray that you'd use your word once again this evening. May the Spirit of God help us, instruct us, teach us. Uh, may as we look at these uh, verses of Scripture, we go through uh, the outline tonight. May we uh, do an honest evaluation of our life and uh, see areas of weakness that we need to strengthen and <clears throat> maybe some areas that we have uh, gotten uh, down firm in our life. Maybe we just need to reinforce those and, and uh, be grateful for those this evening. But may we all determine that we're going to be faithful till Christ returns or until you call us home. Uh, and in doing so, there's some things that we need to give attention to. We need to do on purpose. We need to uh, make sure that things are in their proper place, proper priority. And Father, I pray that you would uh, uh, help your church. May we be strengthened tonight. But what we read in, in the scripture, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The end of chapter number 14, uh, we're reminded of the return of our Lord and the rapture of the church. And I, I know, I know we, we've, we've, we've had a series on this, a seven-week series on Because He Lives, if you think back to that. And a lot of preaching recently on the, the second coming and the rapture. And I, think, uh, you, I don't think you can preach too much on that. It's what you and I need to be uh, looking for. But we're reminded as a Christian, we're reminded as God's church, Jesus is coming again. The church is not a religious country club social club. They've, in many ways, turned into that. Now, we fellowship. Uh, fellowship is part of it. Matter of fact, you need to be part of church. You need to be here because you, you need to fellowship. That's part of it. But we are serving our Savior. We are fulfilling His commission. That which He has left us here to do, as is spelled out in Acts chapter number 1, verse 8, and in many other places, that's our responsibility. The Word of God is here to strengthen us, to, to purify us, to help us. We go and get into the Word of God so that we can become more like our Savior. We say this, but then I, so many times I wonder if we're actually following up with it. We say, well, it's all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. But if it's all about Jesus, we are following this book so I can become more like Jesus. Now, we're never going to reach perfection with this corruption. It's when we're caught up in the air with him and he calls us home and we leave the corruption, we have the incorruption. But we ought to be trying as hard as we can to become more like our Savior. We ought, as a church, it's our, it's our, it's our mission, it's our responsibility to try and reach this war with the gospel. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. He is returning. The trumpet is going to sound. And we need to be reminded that really what we're, we're working for down here is that which we're laying up for over there. And our citizenship is in heaven. So it's all about Jesus. So we should be faithfully serving him, waiting for him, as we find at the end of chapter number 4. But as we get into chapter number 5, I'll read the first couple of verses. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, verse 3, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman uh, with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Those that are saved, we're not in darkness. 
If you're, if you're saved tonight, how many of you are saved tonight? He, it is going to come unannounced. I mean, the Bible says things are going to take place, but only the Lord knows when, when he's going to say, blow that trumpet. But when that happens, if we're saved, we're not going to be caught off guard as far as our souls are concerned. And so then the Bible tells us, verse number 8, uh, or verse number 6, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. Let us watch and be sober. We ought to be serious-minded. I preached on this Sunday night. Verse number 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet and hope of salvation. As we watch for his return, and again, I preached from verse 14 on Sunday night, there's things the church, as a church, we ought to be doing. As a child of God, we ought to be doing. You know, I, Jesus is coming back. I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. Say, so, oh, he's not going to come back in my lifetime. He may not, though he may. But if he calls me home, as I, as I preached many, many weeks ago, uh, we're all going to be caught up with him either through the rapture or the resurrection. So whether I meet him by the resurrection or the rapture, either way, I want to be faithful. I have such high regard and respect for Christians who are just faithful year after year, decade after decade. Well, Pastor, I didn't always do it the way I should have done it. But you're still moving forward. You're still in the race. You're still serving the Lord. Uh, that's, that's, that's a lie of the devil. When you stumble, he says, stay down. But even a just man rises up seven times. He just keeps getting up, getting up, getting up, getting up. And I want to I finish being faithful. Now, our Lord is not a respecter of persons. And anybody can get saved who puts their faith and trust in Christ. Anybody can. I mean, look around. This church is testimony that anybody can get saved. I mean, how many of you are Yankees? I mean, see, anybody can get saved. The worst, most vile sinners. Anyway, um, I woke some of you up there. Um, now, anybody who wants to be saved can be saved. That's why I don't give up on people. Well, this world is wicked. Yes, this world needs Christ. But anybody who wants to be saved can be saved. You think anybody who wants to serve God can serve God? Though God has a way for all of us to serve him through his church. You know, anybody can do that. Did you, do you realize that anybody can just not quit? The longer I live and the more, more of life I get behind me, the more I am reminded and convinced that much of life is just surviving the day. Much of being faithful as a Christian is just getting through. Sometimes we thrive. Don't we like those times? Sometimes we just survive. But the bottom line is, I just want to, we want to stay faithful, serving the Lord. So how do we do that? As we approach, as we, as we look for Christ's return, as we're to be watching and be sober, and as I've reminded us, it's not just, well, it, it's we're in the end times, and look how bad everything is. We're just waiting on Jesus to come, and so let's just sit back and do nothing and wait on him. As he gets closer, we, we're to be busier. For our young people are at camp. Our mission has not changed the way we rear our young people. I, we want them to serve the Lord. We want them to offer themselves to God. So what, what if God has something else for them? Well, God will instruct them in that. 
But we, if we're, that we live in the last days and the last times, we've got to be busier trying to win this world for Christ. But if we're going to be faithful, how are we going to do this? I believe as we come to the end of the First Thessalonians, and the subject is obviously of Christ's return, we get to this verse of Scripture, verse 16, 17, down through verse number 22, what I want to focus on tonight. Sunday night we're in verse 14, but I want to focus on these verses tonight. The believer's checklist to a faithful finish. This is going to be very practical, very simple. It's right there in your Bible, but this is very, very important. This is something that everybody can do. God wants us all to be faithful. God wants us all to finish strong. Notice number one, rejoice evermore. There's a problem in the heart of a Christian who cannot praise God. Who cannot rejoice in the goodness of God. Rejoice in every situation. We're to rejoice continually. Well, I'm in a bad mood. Get out of it. You know, sometimes like, man, what's, what's their problem? Oh, they're just in a bad mood. Oh, that makes it okay. I didn't know they were just in a bad mood. That makes it okay. We're all in a bad mood from time to time. All of us get that way. We shouldn't stay there. And when it's brought to our attention by the Holy Spirit or, or somebody else, oh, I'm just in a bad mood, that a Christian shouldn't stay that way. If our heart is what our heart should be, we're continually rejoicing. Well, God, I just, I just, it's been a while since God has, God, God has really put a, well, we, God blesses us every day. You know, I, I, I'm like, I'm like you in this regard. I like the mountaintops. I like when God is just, I mean, he's just pulling back the veil. And it's just, it's just blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. But you know, God's still good in the valleys too. Many times, his presence is more evident in the valley. Well, we continually uh, uh, rejoicing. Now, as we get into these, something's very unique about this list. They're very simple, very straightforward, but they all depend on one another. If you're going to be able to do one, then you must also be, uh, make up your mind you're going to do the others because in doing these others, it enables you to do all of them. Does that make sense? Look at, look at number two, pray without ceasing. A, a, a heart that rejoices prays. Praying will keep you in a praising mood. Pray without ceasing. Now, I've taught on this many times before. That doesn't mean that 24 hours a day you're on your knees praying. I've used this illustration to pray without ceasing. I remember younger, I'm getting in the habit of praying. I want to pray every day, and I got me a prayer list. And I get up early, and I'm going to pray for a while. No, and I pray, and I go through my list, and I think about it. I was like, man, this has got to, I mean, I can't wonder how long I've prayed. It's got to be a long time. And then you look, it's been like 37 seconds. Well, I guess I need a longer list. Um, it's not talking about 24 hours. But I believe there's two quick practical applications with this. 
One, there shouldn't be anything in between us and God that would, would hinder us from praying. And we should be in a constant spirit of prayer with God. Meaning, what is prayer? It's talking to God. You know, when you get on your knees and you make your request and you're pleased to God, known, you're talking, you're in prayer. What makes prayer powerful is who we're talking to. That's prayer talking to God. But you know, when you're just driving down the road, you can have a conversation with God. When you're just, it, throughout your day, it's, you can have a conversation with God. Having such a relationship with Him that it's a natural thing just to say, you know what, God, would you do this? God, this is what's going on. This just a continual thing. Think about your best friend. Think about your husband, your wife, and oh, I got something happened. I got, I got to call them and I got to tell them. Just as natural as that is, it ought to be just as natural or more natural just to say, God, well, he already knows, Pastor. Yeah, I know he already knows. But the point is we ought to be talking to God. It ought to be so natural just to talk to him. And as a child of God, we shouldn't let things be between us and God where we don't pray. And that's the reason why most Christians don't pray. is because there's something that they need to deal with. I've used this illustration. I'm going to move on number three. I've got seven and I've got to hurry. You know, I'll go, this is my time in my prayer time, and you know, Lord, I want to talk to you about a few things, and then the Spirit of God brings the things to mind that the Holy Spirit says, Well, there's a few things I want to talk to you about too. Well, God, I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to talk about everybody else. It's an amazing thing that when you spend time with God in prayer, where you're placing yourself under the microscope. God deals with you before you can really spend that time with him. If you're going to be faithful, if we're going to get through life, if we're going to get through the changes in this world, if we're going to fulfill our mission, we've got to be a praying people. We got, yeah, I believe in the prayer meetings and I believe in having a prayer time, but what was being said here is pray without ceasing. It's a continual state of prayer with our God. Keep nothing between you and God. If there is something tonight, you need to get you need to take care of that. Pray without ceasing. Number three, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. Verse 18 tells us, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, can you give thanks to God for everything? That's tough. Well, of course I can. God's good. In everything give thanks. We ought to be willing, we ought to be able to give thanks, but to express our thanks. I'm not going to ask you when's the last time you've gone to God and asked him for something, because we ought to be doing that all the time. When's the last time you just went to God and said, thanks, thank you. That's prayer too. But in everything, give thanks. If you... And we've looked at these passages over the last, in the last couple of years several times. But if you look at a sign of a reprobate mind, you're going to find ingratitude and unthankfulness. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter number 3, in the last days perilous times shall come, 
you look at that list of all of these characteristics that we do not want to have to our name. Unthankfulness. Being ungrateful is worse. So, Pastor, is it really that bad? No, it's worse. Because as a child of God, we've already, I've already had you raise your hand if you're saved on your way to heaven. Well, if you're saved on your way to heaven, you're forgiven of all of your sins. We ought to have a spirit of thankfulness. And yes, things change and this world gets worse and worse and dreams that we have end up being unfulfilled and burdens we never thought we would carry, we carry. And as this world, the harder we work for Christ, it seems the worse this world gets. We, we stay in faithful to the end. I better keep myself in a spirit of thanksgiving. We're going to be a thankful people. Oh, ingratitude. When a, when a Christian's ungrateful, you say, why, why do we have... Um, it's one thing to fall away. If we're not careful, we can get backslidden. Everybody in here has the capability of getting backslidden. Everybody does. That's why we ought to be very, very careful. So we ought, to, we ought to protect our walk with the Lord. But it's one thing of getting backslidden and falling away from the Lord and the prodigal. We ought to pray for them and Long for them to come back. It's another thing when you fall away from the Lord and you curse those who preach salvation to you. You throw stones at the very church. Taught you really everything you know. You criticize a Christian mom and dad who labored and sacrificed so you could be taught the Word of God, so you could get an education that's why you look at those lists of a reprobate mind and perilous times have come. I believe that's within the church. That's why you'll find ingratitude right there. Because if you'll be ungrateful for the people who have helped you the most, what will you not do? What will you not do? There's a lot of Christians who just aren't grateful for what Christ did. They're thankful. I mean, they're, they're in, one, in one respect, boy, I'm saved them on the way to heaven. But then their life lives. It's like, are you really thankful? And everything give thanks, okay? Let's move on to number four. Quench not the spirit. This is critical. This is crucial. How do you give thanks in everything? You've got to have the spirit of God. Well, let's be honest. Are we always in a thankful mood? No, we're not. How, how are we going to pray without ceasing? You've got to have the Spirit of God. How are we going to rejoice evermore? You've got to have the Spirit of God. And as we look at quench not the Spirit, and then we're going to see the last three, it is crucial that we have the Spirit of God. We say, well, I want to rejoice evermore. You're going to have to have the presence of the, of the Holy Spirit in your life. And as a child of God, you're saved. He dwells within you, but are you quenching him? The Bible talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. We should not quench the Spirit of God. We ought to give him liberty in our life. We, we don't give enough attention to this. Do you realize the Things that you see, the things you hear, the, the things you're around can quench the Spirit of God in your life. 
That's why as a church, that's why it's important that everything we do in the house of God, it is not geared to appeal to a lost world, but appeal to our heavenly Father. And, I, I, and this, is a, this is a, don't get me wrong, this is a friendly church. This is a welcoming church. Whoever wants to come can come, but I am more concerned that the Holy Spirit feels welcome than anybody else. Same is true in our own life. Are you quenching the Spirit of God in your life? How are we going to do, do these things? Do you realize it's against your flesh to rejoice continually? It's against your flesh to pray without ceasing. It's against your flesh to give thanks. How we, why, why, did, why are we not able to do that? Because we quench the Spirit of God in our life. We've got to allow the Spirit of God to have complete control of our life. And that's why, there's, there's, that's why it's important. It's, more than just the, it's not just a list of, well, here's my Baptist list of things that I shouldn't do and places I shouldn't go and things I shouldn't say. And it's more than that. As I illustrated in Sunday school Sunday morning, if our focus is on Christ, we want to, we'll, we'll get closer to Him. We'll become more like Him. That gives the Spirit of God liberty in our life. And I, I want to stay away from certain things because I don't want to quench the Spirit in my life. I want Him to have control. I want Him to have His way. And it's important that we don't quench it. How you want to stay faithful to the end? How the only way we're going to do it is we've got to have the Spirit of God. Now let's move quickly to number five. Notice what the Bible says in verse 20. Despise not prophesyings. Preaching. Boy, there's an attack on Bible preaching. Always has been, but it's more evident in our day because of just the media that we have and everything at our fingertips. Well, there, there's, a, there's a need for Bible preaching. Don't get tired of preaching. Don't well, I, you know, I just, I just don't know that I, I want, I want to sit and listen. No, we need preaching. Despise not prophesying. Despise not the preaching of the word of God. See, uh, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. I, re, I, I was, I was thinking of this this week when I was uh, in Ohio. I, I took some books up to sell. In my book, The Fall of America, I wrote. Six years ago, messages in that and needed to reprint it. And I read that and I was like, I'm a prophet. Because everything I preached six years ago has come absolutely true. You didn't know your pastor was a prophet, did you? I'm, I'm serious. It's, it, it has come true. There are things that I've taught through the emerging church and all those things, and they have, and, I, and, I've, and, and even among independent Baptists years ago, I said, watch, they'll take this position, this is where they're going because of all of these things, and sadly it's come to pass. I'm a prophet. Matter of fact, we need to put that on a stationary prophet. <laughs> so, well, Pastor, what, what are you talking about? 
If you preach this book, it's coming true. That's prophesying. Well, I was, I was alone and, and God gave me this word and, and now I'm going to give you this prophesy. No, that's, that's not God talking to you. That's the seducing spirit talking to you. God talks to us through his, this book right here. That's why you ought to give heed to the preaching of the word of God. It's prophesied. That's why, and our young people aren't here, but it's good for all of us to hear it. And that's why, mom and dad, you got to reinforce what is preached from behind the pulpit. Because if God says, if you do this, this is going to happen, it's going to happen. If he says, if you don't do this, this is the result of that, that's going to take place. It's the prophesying. It's God's word. Don't ever get to a place in your life where, where, where preaching ought to step on our toes. Matter of fact, I'm not doing my job as your pastor if you can sit on these pews for years and not one time leave saying, I'm just deciding whether or not I'm going to be offended or not. I just, I don't, he was just, I don't know if I like that. He just, he was all, he was, he wasn't stepping on my toes. He was stomping them. Because it's my responsibility to preach what the Spirit of God puts. You know, the Holy Spirit knows what you need. There's sometimes, it's amazing to me, I'll, I'll preach something and I'll have nothing, nobody in mind, I'll have nothing. Sometimes I have my outline, I've prepared, I get up and I, and I add something there at the last minute and I'm like, where in the world did that come? Somebody come to me, Pastor, I need to talk to you. How'd you know? I'm like, uh, help me with this. Well, I've been having a hard time with that. I'm like, yeah, see? God always tells, no, I don't have a clue. But the Holy Spirit does. And it's the preaching of the Word of God. We need it. We need it. That's why we, don't, we shouldn't get away. Don't, don't despise it. Long for it. Number 20, or verse 21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Number 6, prove all things. I wish I had, had time to turn to several passages, but I'll do my best to quote them for you. We're, we're, we're admonished. Of course, this is a divine order. God has everything in order exactly like he wants it. We don't quit the spirit and we despise not the prophesying, the word of God. Prove all things. There's a lot of people who say a lot of things that are unproven. They must be proven by the word of God. Now, notice this very carefully. The Bible does not say, the Bible says despise not prophesying. It it's, it's in that phrase right there, it is saying nothing about the person doing the prophesying. We don't despise or we want to hear the word of God. It's not about the person who's saying it. It's about what's being said. I'm making that, we know this, I'm making that statement to say because the verse right under says prove all things. In other words, you shouldn't just take somebody's word for it because they say it. It ought to be backed up with that book right there. Now I'm going to do my best, and I believe you know this, that I'm going to preach to you the word of God. I'm going to teach you the word of God. We're going to stand on the word of God. 
I'm perfectly comfortable with you judging what I say by this book. Because we ought to prove all things. That's why the, when the hot Christian book is around, you got to prove it by the Bible. Um, and if it's not printed by a publication, you probably shouldn't even read it, but anyway. Well, this is what I, I was talking to somebody, and this is what they said, prove all things. Prove all things. The Bible warns us about being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. If somebody's got a new doctrine, it's not Bible. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Prove all things. We, 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 take, we take too many people's word for granted. Well, this person said this and this person said that. What does the Bible say? And I taught on, on these dead-end roads not too long ago. And I think it's so helpful for us. That which seemeth right, the end thereof or the ways of death, doesn't say that which is we know is wrong. We say, well, that makes sense to me. And too many times Christians get themselves in trouble and they get ensnared by that which is error because it seemed right or they didn't take the time to prove it. By the way, when society introduces something new, prove it by the Bible. Prove it. Then after we prove it, we ought to hold fast that which is good. Is this good? We ought to hold fast to it. We shouldn't give it up. The truths of this book will sustain you. Hold to it. You know, it's, this book has never let me down. People have disappointed me. God's Word never has. Well, I've, I've thought of some pretty good things up here before, and then after a while I figured out, well, that looked a lot better on paper than reality. But you know, the Bible's never been wrong. Hold to it. Hold to it. I'm so thankful that I was, the way I was reared underneath the Word of God. I'm thankful that I was raised as a, as, a, as a Baptist. I'm thankful that I was raised with the doctrine that we have. I was thankful that I was able to get trust Christ as a young man and grow up in church. I'm thankful for all of those things. It has been very good to me. I'm not going to give it up. We've got to hold to it. Prove it and hold to it. That's why I don't, the, the, your pastor, I'm, I might have a podcast one day. It's on the list. Who knows? But I'm not having one to argue what I believe. Debate what I believe. And quite frankly, there's too many who are giving up their beliefs because they revisited what they believe and I'm not commanded to revisit what I believe. I'm not committed to convince somebody else. I'll teach the church that God has placed me in. I'll fulfill that responsibility. That's my responsibility. But I am told to prove it and hold to it. I'm going to hold to it. That's what every one of us ought to do. Prove it, hold to it. Now we come to number seven. This is the one you've been looking for, the last one. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And quite frankly, that's why none of my children are ever wearing a Florida Gator shirt. 
Can I get a witness? I'm going to preach the Bible whether you like it or not, okay? That's just all there is to it. Now, I'll blame that on the jet lag. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Let me just end it this way. We as God's people, we have got to get settled in our mind. This will be a good reminder for us tonight. Higher living is okay. Too many times as a Christian we say, what's the bare minimum I can do and still resemble a Christian? What's the bare minimum that I can do and still be considered faithful? What's the bare minimum that I can do and, you know, still be considered someone who serves God? What's the bare minimum? It's, it's amazing to me. We, we go into a restaurant and we have somebody doing the bare minimum of what's necessary. We're like, I'm never going to, where's the manager? I mean, if I ever go to the doctor, I want somebody who's not doing the bare minimum. Well, I, I skimmed the medical journals and, you know, I just put the coat on on Sundays so that I play the part of a doctor. Why as God's people do we want to do the bare minimum? The Bible says abstain from all. If we're going to be faithful till the end, it says abstain. That is a step away from participation. Say, well, I'm not doing it. The Bible says abstain from it. Because if you stumble, don't you want to have a little bit of a buffer? As opposed to walking the line. This is where principles of separation. By the way, separation is a command in Scripture. Holiness is not given as an option to Christians. It's a command. Be ye Holy as I am holy. That's a command to God's people. And basically, in principle, what abstain from all appearance of evil, if I can just sum it up like this, is let's keep a step away from so that there's not assumptions made, certainly. Well, pastor, they shouldn't make assumptions. I agree with that. I agree that people shouldn't make assumptions. And by the way, we as Christians shouldn't go around making assumptions about, well, what, what I, I, this is what I think, or this is what I, I mean, what if it's not your business, stay out of it. I agree people shouldn't make assumptions, but we shouldn't give them a reason to make them. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Um, we're all, we're all sinners. We know that. The Bible doesn't say just stay, abstain from all appearance of sin. It says evil. And I, I don't have time to go into some of the things that I'd like to go into tonight. But I don't ever want my name attached or even in the conversation of evil. And I'll say this and then I'll put a period on it and we'll pray and and we'll 
dismiss in, when I finally close. I'd rather have my name attached to the restoration of somebody than attached to the slander of somebody. Because that's evil. Don't, don't get caught up in what God calls as evil. Don't get caught up. Don't be, and I believe that there's also the connotation of this world is evil. What, what I guess, if you just, people look and make assumptions, can they tell what team you're playing for? You playing for the world? Are you playing for the church? You know, it's, I made a reference to a certain color of football just a few moments ago. It's, we know how passionate it is down here, don't we? You know, I usually don't make football references because I know how passionate it is. But for me, I think it's a very good time to make college football references. Do you know what I mean? Or should I spell it out for you? Let me spell it out for some of you. Some of you are asleep. As a Georgia Bulldog fan, I think it's a good time to make college football references. When you go to a football stadium, especially in the South, don't wear the wrong color. Well, I don't like either team. Be very selective in the color you do wear. Matter of fact, Wear the color of the team you think you're going to win, but just in case, have the other color underneath. <laughs> I would never do that. Sometimes you just want to get out alive. I've used this illustration before. I have, a, I have several ties, and I have a beautiful tie. But it is orange. I don't have a problem wearing it, except one tie. One time I wore it, said, this, this tie fits perfect. With this. this looks good. And I come and one of you. That's, that's a nice gator tie. You a gator fan now? I have this beautiful tie that I do not wear. Because I'm going to abstain from all appearance of evil. That's just that's where I've decided. It's, it's a silly illustration, but when it comes to, I'm a Christian. I'm not like this world, not because I'm better than this world, because I've been saved by the grace of God. He's my Savior. He's coming back. As part of His church, I want to be faithful laboring for Him. I want to tell others about what Christ did. But I'm also to be a light in this world. There shouldn't be a doubt. You know, it's more than just wearing a witness t-shirt. It's more, more than that. There ought to be something about us. And part of that is where we, what the things that we abstain from. The things that we stay, stay away from. The thing, because, because, if I'm not going to participate in that, I need to stay away from it. So here's a checklist. We've, we, we know these things. We've been through these things before. I've taught on these things before. Well, as we watch for Christ's return, I want to finish.
being faithful. I want to finish doing what I should be doing. I want to finish doing my part for the cause of Christ. Don't you? And if I'm going to do that, I've got to fight this old flesh. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes this letter and he reminds them that we ought to comfort one another with the fact that Christ is coming again and we're going to be caught up in the air with him and those who have gone up before us, they're going to be in the air with him and, and what a reunion day that's going to be. But I want to be faithful until that day comes. So there's some things that I can do. There's some things that ought to be marks of a Christian. I believe God's people can have a smile on their face. Should have joy in their heart. Should have a spirit about them that, boy, I'm just in, I want to be in constant fellowship with God. I want to be in sweet communion with Him. I've got to keep some things out of my life to do that. Well, I want the Spirit of God to have complete control, have His way. Do you realize that everybody in here, that can be true of you? But you've got to re, we've got to remove things out of our life that quench that. The preaching of the Word of God, on and on we can go, and abstain from all appearance of evil. Let's, here's a little checklist that we all do inventory from time to time. How, how am I doing with this? How am I doing with this? In verse number 14, I believe it was, was Sunday night. Here's, here's what we ought to be doing as a church. And now we continue to see in this letter, now here's some things that we need to do as an individual Christian so that we're faithful for Christ's return. Father, help us as we...